0: Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the fifth and final episode in this special section of episodes all around the factors that contribute to our well-being. Now, we've been on quite the journey over the last four episodes looking at Each of the different areas that we know from the science really positively impact our well-being. We started off by looking at the P, which is positive emotion. We then looked at the E, which stands for engagement. We then took a look into the R, which is relationships and why they're so, so important for our mental health. Last time we looked at meaning or purpose and why that's such a critical component. And today we're looking at accomplishment and why accomplishment is so critical to how we feel. So let's dive in. Accomplishment or achievement is actually one of the most powerful levers that we have available to us to impact our happiness. And when I'm talking about accomplishment, I'm simply talking about making things happen or getting things done. Now, the reason this has such a positive impact on us is that when we achieve something or we make something happen or we tick something off that to-do list, It makes us feel really, really good. In fact, what happens in the brain is that we get a bit of a dopamine release, which is that feel-good hormone that we've spoken about. And so when we achieve something, it makes us feel good, makes us feel good about ourselves. And in that process of us feeling good, guess what then happens? Well, we're in a better mood, so we tend to be more cheerful with others around us, which makes us a happier person in general and a happier person to be around. And when we're happier to be around, then we tend to have better relationships. We tend to be more forgiving and understanding and so on and so on and so forth. So when we feel like we're getting things done, we feel happier. And again, I'm recording this episode whilst we're in coronavirus lockdown. And this is one of the things that I've really, really noticed about this time is that I have been able to get less done than I would typically because my kids have been at home and normally I have at least six or seven hours a day to work. And I'm having to now homeschool, right? As many of us are. And so my time in the day is limited. And so therefore I get less done. And I've really noticed how this has affected my overall well-being and my sense of satisfaction because I'm used to being able to get lots of things done. And I get frustrated when I can't. And the only reason I can't is time, right? So it really is a clear relationship for me and for for many others around accomplishment and happiness or, or well-being. And the interesting thing about this is that actually the type of accomplishment is really, really important. So there is a much greater well-being effect with some types of accomplishment than there is with others. Let me say a bit more about that. When we're doing something that is let's define it as a basic chore, something that we just need to get done. Let's say the ironing or emptying the dishwasher. Maybe not your favorite job, certainly not mine. When we do that job and we get through it, we do get a little bit of a happiness buzz. We do get a little bit of that release of dopamine in the brain. It does make us feel better in the moment, but it's not huge. It's kind of like, oh, phew, great. I'm glad that job's done. In contrast, When we achieve something that we've really dreamt of and that we're really passionate about and linked to last episode that we're really in alignment with, so it's really aligned with our mission and purpose, the well-being effect that we get is far greater. So let's take, for example, the person who's a really keen runner and they set themselves a goal to do their first 10K. The feeling of satisfaction they're going to get when they complete that first 10K is far greater than the feeling they got when they cleared the ironing basket or they emptied the dishwasher. So you can see how when we pursue goals, when we pursue those things that are really important to us, that are things that really matter to us, that the well-being effect is far greater than when we just get the things done that we have to get done as part of life. Now, I'm not suggesting for a moment that we shouldn't continue to get the things done that we have to get done as part of life. But instead, what I'm talking about here is that we have to make sure that we have enough of the big dreams, the big goals in our life, as well as maybe some of the more basic or everyday goals. And this is where, again, I think being in tune with your meaning and purpose, as we talked about last time, is is so critical, because often life has a habit of encouraging us just to get through. Sometimes it feels like we just want to get through the week, right? We just want to get through the day or we just want to get through the week or even get through the month. We just want to make it to payday. And when we're in that mindset, we're in that mode, it's a really good indicator that you're probably not in alignment with your purpose, that you're probably not doing enough of the things that really make you happy, and what that in turn does is says that maybe we need to address some of that, maybe we need to do something with that, so that we are spending more time in our kind of area of meaning or in that in that area that makes us feel very passionate. And the reality is, for children, this is often the case. So for children, most of their goals are set either at school or by parents, right? So they might have to read a book or learn their spellings or they might have to tidy their room or do their chores at home. And these are all important things. Nobody's saying they're not. I'm certainly not. But what I'm saying is that children are learning about goal setting and accomplishment through the lens of somebody else's desires. Through the lens of what we want the children to do, not what they want to do. And so there's a risk, therefore, that children, too, aren't getting that big well-being effect from accomplishment that happens when you dream big and you achieve your goals. So, for example, let's say there's a little girl and she is football mad. And if you said to her right now, what's the one thing you want to achieve? She would say to be able to do 20 key uppies." That's the thing she thinks about. That's the goal she's set for herself that's super important for her. She's going to get much more of a well-being effect from achieving that goal of the 20 keepy-uppies than she is from finishing her spellings or from finishing her book if she's not particularly into reading. Okay, so the well-being effect for her will be far greater in doing that activity that she's really passionate about, the keepy-uppies, than the goal that she, yes, she has to achieve and she has to get it done. And so what I'm encouraging that we do both with ourselves as adults and with our children is that we think about ways to make sure that they are really striving for and achieving the goals that they are passionate about, the things that they want to do, rather than us just focusing on the things that perhaps we want them to do. Because there's a couple of really magical things that happen when children pursue their goals. Number one, they actually get more of that dopamine release, so they get that well-being effect much more strongly. But number two, it really builds their self-esteem. And the reason for that is that children are much more likely to pursue, to persevere, to be determined when they're pursuing a goal that they're passionate about than when we're asking them to do something that we want them to do. They'll give up so much less easily if they're pursuing a goal that they're passionate about. And so this is why it's critical that not only do we set goals for ourselves as adults and as parents that allow us to role model this and for our children to see us setting goals of the things we want to achieve, but it's also critical that our children are setting those types of goals too. Now, these don't have to be totally outlandish and really fancy goals. They can be really simple things, but they must be things that your children are passionate about or that you're passionate about. So there you have it. They are the five key areas that have the most impact on our happiness. That's the PERMA model. We have positive emotion, engagement, relationships, meaning and accomplishment. So I really hope that these first five episodes have given you some food for thought, some excitement, some sense of wonder about what's to come on the podcast, about how you can integrate these things, but also some of the other really interesting scientific evidence around happiness. So I will be back really soon with some fresh episodes and I cannot wait for you to join me then. But until then, take care. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the My Happy Mind Conversations podcast. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review and a comment below and I'll be back next week with more science-backed secrets to building happy and resilient children. Don't forget, you can come and follow me at My Happy Mind on Facebook and Instagram. Take care.